Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland on News Talk. Shortly for this week's industry review, I'll be chatting to three travel agents to hear how they've been managing. It's been a hectic few months for them, hectic few years. Uh, I'll be finding out more about the heroes, treasures and dragons of problem solving. And Nick Connors is the managing director of Tech Enable. He'll be with us in our executive chair. But first, as many listeners are aware, the tourism and travel sectors were hit hardest during the course of the pandemic. But they're nothing if not resourceful and have found new ways and means to bounce back despite all of the adversity. So to talk about the state of the travel agent industry, we've got Paul Hackett, CEO of Click and Go and president of the Irish Travel Agents Association, who's in Marconi House. Pat Dawson, who's the CEO of the Irish Travel Agents Association, who's with me here in Republic of Work. And Mary McKenna, Managing Director of Tour America, is with us on the line. Good afternoon to you all. Afternoon, Good afternoon, Jonathan. Jonathan. Um, Pat, I'm going to begin with you because you're sitting in front of me. Um, and you, you have, I'm, I'm going to try and phrase this in a nice and delicate way. You've been involved in the industry for quite some time, haven't you? Yeah, a couple of days, Jonathan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, indeed. Have you ever known in all that time a period as chaotic as the last two and a half years? Never. Uh, and never known the desperation that, that, that all of us was. And, and, and Mary and Paul shared that. And we, we shared many hours together, be it whatever interviews or meetings or whatever else. And it certainly was. Yeah, it was soul destroying. And, you know, we had to work, I suppose, five times harder than we ever worked. Uh, because obviously we were, we were trying to keep everyone alive, trying to keep over 100, 140 members in business. And uh, they had no money for for two years. Yes, we, we we initially got some support from the government. We spent many many hours and days in meetings with the Oireachtas and whatever else. And eventually, to be fair to the government, they did come up with a fund. And eighty five percent of our members are, are family run businesses. And as we say, we're now back on the horse and uh, we're looking very very positive. But it was really tough, Jonathan. Um, Paul Haggis, the the challenge was, and I remember discussing this at the time, um, possibly filling in for Bobby on this program with travel agents, that you know life was just coming back into it that the idea of everybody booking everything themselves was a little bit past and people were coming back looking for experiences they were looking for support and help in finding places and the travel agents were just just starting to enjoy a bit of a renaissance when Covid hit. Yeah very true and I think even if we take it now and you know for me there's times when I just want to forget the last two years not not remember it Um I now see it as an opportunity for the travel industry to reposition itself because what I think we have done as an industry across the country is to look after our customers and this is the opportunity for us to give reasons for customers to book with travel agents. We're very much alive, very much well. 1.4 billion of licensed turnover is, li- is, is, is regulated through Irish travel agents every year. So we're really well positioned to look after our consumers in doing that. You did have a problem, though, that everybody rushed you at the same time looking for a solution to the problem that you couldn't solve. Nobody could go on their holidays. Uh, They needed someone to blame. How many of them blamed Click and Go and others? Yeah, like it was understandable and very unfortunate. Um, But what could we do? You know, our, our big challenges were around processing refunds because everything happened so quickly, so dramatically. Uh. Once the refund process was started, it was very efficient and consumers got their money back. And the government, as Pat was saying, you know, came to the table and assisted with the refund credit note scheme, which was launched in June 2020. Uh, that was very useful for us. But 
actually having the consumer at the end of the phone and explaining to them and keeping them with us has meant that I think most travel agents have maintained that relationship with their customers and have come out well from from the pandemic. Mary, I suppose your sector exclusively deals with America uh, and American travel. The rules in America became very strict very quickly. Um, the, then there was no travel. And even when it did restart and we were freely moving around Europe, it was hard to get to the US. Did that uncertainty delay um, confidence coming back into your part of the market? Yeah, well, good afternoon, Jonathan. Um it certainly did for a while. Um, you know, there's a huge pent up demand for holidays. I'm actually sitting in Galway and I love Ireland, but it's raining and the forecast <laughs> for the next uh, 10 days is rain. And, you know, like so we, we kind of do want to get away. And even though we love Ireland, we do want to get away to the sun. I just want to say uh, just to reiterate what Paul said there. I think if you think of the travel industry and what we did for two years, we continued to work unlike any other industry to take care of our customers. And just to say, I think travel agents came out the number one over any other industry in terms of airlines. You could get true to travel agents. You could speak to them. And they really did a good job taking care of the customers. And I think you're seeing that now repeat business. So a a question would be, why not use a travel agent? You know, like it's licensed and bonded. The prices are very good, cheaper than what they get online. And I think, you know, what's very important is the 24-hour service, holding your hand, What we've seen now is the pent up demand for people wanting to go back to the States and with the antigen Mm. tests gone in the last two weeks, that has made it much more easy for people. Um, Look, we have to deal with the elephant in the room as well, which is what's happening uh, at the airport. I I was just about to bring that elephant to the conversation. (laughs) He was sitting outside waiting patiently to come in. Um, Brilliant that travel agents can be gotten through to, but then the travel agents have to try and get through to either Dublin Airport Authority or to the airlines who are caught up in DAA's mess. Well, there's some tips around that. I I can tell you, first of all, I've gone to the States recently. I've been on two cruise ships because Tour America sell cruises as well. So I've I've been one of the passengers going through. And and just to say, it's not just uh, Dublin Airport, it's airports throughout the world. Uh, It's an industry-wide problem trying to get staff. So it is very, very hard to get uh, staff at the moment for any industry, restaurants, uh, travel agents, airports, whatever. So I think that will sort itself out hopefully in six months' time. But look, there are some tips. Um, you know, the most important thing is like the likes of Aerolingus are offering a service where if you're traveling, you can leave your bag in the night before. So uh, drop off, drop your bag off, do all your online checking in and make sure you have your documents uploaded. Um, you know, uh, here's a really important tip, Jonathan, because, uh, you know, I see what comes in in our emergency number. And, and thankfully, uh, touch wood, we've had no customers who have been affected by what's happened at Dublin Airport. We have one or two who've lost their bags. Please, if you can, get an AirTag, an Apple AirTag, stick it in your bag, take a picture of your bag and uh, take a picture of the tag on your bag. That is so helpful and so useful. Okay. I worked in the airline business and it really does help. Yes, well, I would rather prefer the airlines do the job that we're paying them to do, but I appreciate there are particular issues. Pat Dawson, this is the kind of nightmare scenario that people are ready to fly, are happy to fly, and then they get to the country's biggest airport and it's chaos. Uh, And I know that 
the wait times are down to 30 minutes but it's hardly the satisfactory experience that you want people to enjoy it's a stressful time going through an airport at the best of times now it's it's an abject nightmare yeah and you know we had we had several weeks where it was not good but you know I, I think the DA are now slowly but surely getting their act together and today is one of the biggest days with 50,000 people going out uh, uh, today out of Ireland and also remember we have 50,000 people coming back in uh, but certainly it was it was a nightmare certainly for people there. We saw it. We saw it on. on they were terri- t- They were terribly surprised, Pat Dawson, that people had you know decided to fly on a plane. Surely the travel operators, the airlines, people like yourselves, you weren't as surprised at Dublin Airport Authority. No, no, and and they knew the loads that they had contracted with the uh, with the airlines and, and whatever. And certainly, it was a very very big disappointment. But again, you know, they, we all knew. I mean, people hadn't been out of the country for two years. The dogs in the street knew that. That, that you know we take six million trips a year Irish people do with a population of, of, of five million so I mean so there was sort of 12 million trips pent up demand and certainly every aircraft uh, was full and every <coughs> aircraft at this this point in time will be full for the for the next uh, number of weeks mm. because we're now schools are closed and it's so we're looking at it every day and, and certainly the reports yesterday and and today are good and I, I I'm in a local parish here but I'd also say that you know Cork Airport is a dream to deal with Shannon Airport is a dream to deal with and knock is so people uh, I, I know the Dublin folk won't like but certainly uh, you know you're, you're 10 minutes from car to the, to, to the departure mm. gate But not everybody wants to fly from Dublin either yes there is a concentration of 1.5 million people that think Dublin Airport's great because it's closest to them the rest of the country could easily use Cork and Shannon and knock the airlines I mean Ryanair in particular seem to be migrating a lot of traffic to those regional airports right now it's great because that's what people want to do. They want to fly from the airport that's closest to them and they want to avoid the chaos. Yeah, well, as, as, as uh, Mary particularly knows, I mean, there's a huge capacity, particularly with Arlingas, uh, to, to the States and five or six other airlines. So the capacity is there and it, it can it, it can do the long haul. But certainly there is no doubt about it that Ryanair has grown in Cork and has grown in Shannon. Uh, Arlingas have lost an air, a, a, a one and a half aircraft in Cork and one aircraft in Shannon. Now that represents about 12 or 14 routes as such uh, but but certain, certainly uh, Ryanair have come to the table and and now I think they're, they're the most dominant airline in all our airports uh, going to European markets which is which is good for all of us mm. The only problem though Paul is uh, Paul Hackett is that it is a fluid situation Ryanair could decide well we don't we're going to move that plane now because it'll be easier to operate out of that airport in another country uh, Aer Lingus people like, there was such an affinity with Aer Lingus it was our national airline I mean it does seem to have dropped the ball a little bit after Covid resumed Well there's a couple of things Jonathan 85% of all capacity off the island off the Republic of Ireland is via Dublin now that's that's a reality. It's not what it should be. We should be more regionally focused with those airports. And yes, both Aer Lingus and Ryanair um, in terms of their decisions are going to make decisions purely on a commercial basis. But I think it's worth looking at the context for the, the, the issues that have developed not only in the DAA and that was four weeks ago and we've seen no repetition of that. It was the 29th of May. In real terms, Ireland, in its return to travel, has done incredibly well. Erlingus and Ryanair, for the most part, have not been cancelling flights. BA and EasyJet out of the UK have been cancelling flights. Skipball Airport in Amsterdam has been carnage for the last two months. KLM have actually stopped selling tickets out of Amsterdam for periods of 72 hours. What we're looking at is 
a European worldwide, because Mary can reiterate this is also an issue for a lot of the US airports and airlines. This is a consequence of a two year lockdown. And yes, we knew demand was going to come back, but so many people had left the industry either by choice or or through redundancy. And to then restart so quickly back to normal or back to 80, 90 percent levels is just so difficult. There is not one industry in this country that is comfortable with its employment levels at the moment. And I think there's bigger issues here for the government around trying to look at what they have done for the Ukrainians and giving them work visas. What about the provision, the direct provision people and giving them work visas? It is crazy that we're all looking for staff and we have 160,000 people or thereabouts on the live register and we have other people who want to work. You know, we've got to we've got to be more agile here in terms of addressing the problems. It's not just a a unique problem to the DAA. Uh, Mary McKenna, the the other challenge, of course, that the industry suffered was because the opportunities were limited. It wasn't the idea like there was obviously state supports that you could keep people working. But when you have people sitting at home effectively furloughed, as to borrow the phrase they used in the UK, and there are other jobs that paid better uh, available to them, perhaps in retail or in tech or somewhere, or somewhere else, the, you, you lost good people. And, and even your sector uh, suffered in that way. Yes, it's true, Jonathan. And, um, you know, I think the world has changed. I think people have changed. And and we as a business have had to adapt uh, we, you know, all our staff are still working from home, uh, even though we have offices. Um, but I, I'll tell you one thing that I've learned in business as an SME is resilience and agility and past experience. Like so, and I think my colleagues will say the same. We've gone through a lot in terms of September the 11th, ash cloud, you know, recessions, whatever. And, and I think that's what I've learned is, you know, you run a business and you save for a rainy day. But my God, I didn't think a rainy day would last two years. But that's what it's about. It's about running a business. It's about getting through these tough times, which I think we'll get through. I'm delighted to see people going on holidays. I wish everything was 100%, but it's not. Uh, but the world at the moment is not 100%. So all I can do as a business is really give outstanding customer service, be there, say, we're there for you, ring us if you have mm. an issue. We're, you know, but look, uh, it, you know, as, as Paul and um, has said, it has challenged us. It's challenged every business in Ireland. Like today is a Saturday. We don't stop working. We work seven days a week. I'm on my holidays. It doesn't stop. That's what we have to do. And that's what we have to do as a country to get us back as well. Pat, the, the challenge here, of course, is, is, is most basic. It's, it's salaries, it's wages, it's a competitive marketplace right now. You also now have to try and chase inflation, which, as we were discussing earlier, is going to run between 7 and 9%, depending on how bad it's going to get. So there will be that pressure. And we have got opportunities for people who will happily take them on uh, if it means that they can pay their bills more at the end of the day. So I'm presuming travel agents, like every other sector, are going to come under pressure. You just had the added disadvantage of being one of the last sectors to recover uh, when others were already back on their feet. Yes, we have we have that problem. And, and certainly, as Mary said, I mean, uh, many of the staff now work work at home and, and will remain so probably uh, for the rest of the year or but whatever. that's an advantage, though. It, it? it is an advantage and, and it, it suits many, many people. And, uh, you know, uh, li- lifestyle is probably a, a bit easier. But certainly, yes, I, I mean, the industry, the, the, the hospitality and tourism industry wouldn't be the biggest payers in, in the world as such. And, and, and certainly, I mean, all our members have stepped up to the place and that 
have held on to as many staff as, as possible. And certainly we're talking to third level colleges for, for new tourism courses and hopefully they'll be resurrected in the next six or eight months. But certainly it's, it is a challenge. And uh, so the, the message is whatever staff we have, you, you better mind them because somebody else would take them. Abby, I, I know we have rose tinted glasses when we look back on uh, the glory days of the travel trade, you know, flying around, uh, sampling resorts. It's, I always found that fascinating about your sector. You'd go in and you'd say, I want to go there. Oh, I've been there, said the qualified person behind the desk. And straight away I'm going, well, if it's good enough for her, it's good enough for me. It is a glamorous job if it's done right. I mean, are we are we hoping to get back to that level of understanding that the actual person selling you the trip has been on the trip? Oh, they have started already, Jonathan, for the last three or four months and many, many trips around the world, faraway places. Uh, we see travel agents going there to get the first-hand experience. As Mary and Paul said, you know, you're talking to people who know what they're selling, who know, and they have you in mind. They don't have anybody else. You're the most important person because you're their customer. And travel agents are driven by uh, consumers and, and on what they want. It's what they want rather than what a cruise company and airline wants because they pay our wages. Mm. Uh, Paul Hackett, to you, um, what do you do with the cranky client? Uh, obviously, I'd never <laughs> fall into this category. Right? I'm a lovely person and I never give out about anything even when something goes wrong. Uh, you know, how do you then balance the, we'll send you to lovely far-flung places so you can sample what it's like with you also have to deal with this fella, Paul, who's a right pain in the behind and he always has been and always will be, but you have to grit your teeth and be nice to them. Well, like it's all about repeat business and it's all about winning the client back and, and we don't have a choice as to the mood of the client or how they are. It's up to us to provide good service. Like it is the road's tinted piece and not everybody is pleasant but, you know, we're a service industry. It's our job not to react, not to be drawn into you know, bickering with the client. You know, the old adage still remains the customer is always right. Uh, at times you have to... Even when also, they're wrong. At times you also have to put the other side of the story to them. Um, and I think if it's done in an informed and in a polite way, you know, that's as much as you can do. Like, you know, we we can't... We can't solve every single problem but we absolutely do our best to because we want that customer back and it's important that we understand and have learnings from where they might have been dissatisfied with service or something that happened. Final question to each you briefly if we can and it's about the future and where we go. We were talking about permacrisis. We're living in a permacrisis. If it's not something it'll be something else and the resilience part has been baked into each of you now by the sounds of it but Mary McKenna of Tour America how how optimistic are you that uh, the road to recovery is now well paved? Look, um, I I think it's going to take six months. Um, I am a glass half full girl, so I'm going to keep thinking that way. Um, I don't know what's going to be thrown at us. I think we've dealt with what was been thrown at us very well. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, you asked a very important question about customers. I think once we have customers, then we have a business. If we don't have customers, we have no business. And it's just to hear them and to be there for them. So I think this will sort itself out. It'll take about six months. Um, but the world is a little bit unstable and there's a bit of uncertainty at the moment. And we don't like uncertainty. That's true. Pat Dawson? Yeah, I'd, I'd go along with Mary about that. And, uh, you know, I, if you're not optimistic in our industry, don't bother getting into it because really, <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> tour operators and travel agents might have 70 seats to sell with three days to go and you still have to be optimistic. So if, if you are if you're, if you're wake up in the morning in bad form or you don't think it's going to happen, well, don't apply for a job. But Irish people are optimistic by nature.
Well, some of them. Uh, Paul Hackett. <laughs> yeah, I think like Pat, um, Mary and myself are lifers in this business, as are most of the travel agents who run their businesses and work in this business. We are passionate about it. We absolutely love what we do. And I think we could give courses in resilience because we've had the volcanoes, the pandemic, the terrorism, the hurricanes, you name it, we have it. And, you know, everything comes to an end and things move back into into our normal and it may be a very unusual normal for now, but I am just so delighted that we are back trading. We're going to have to manage the the the, the issues and the noise around how the, the airports are and how the airlines are and, and assist our customers in getting back to normal. They too have had two years of no travel, so they're out of practice and they're a bit more anxious than they would have been in years gone by. But, you know, as, as somebody said earlier, I don't think we live here for the tax or the weather. I hope you have a, a dry <laughs> concert, Jonathan, uh, in terms of dry. the weather. Not dry in terms of the, the glass, but, uh, you know, we love Ireland. Nobody wants to do it a disservice, but like we love getting off this island. And, you know, it's the 25th of June. Like the weather is pretty crap. Yeah, you'd, look, you don't have to do a sales job but as given the weather of the Irish summer so far, Paul. I'm definitely looking forward to getting on the plane in a few weeks, God willing. Paul Hackett of Click and Go, Pat Dawson of the Irish Travel Agents Association and Mary McKenna, Managing Director of Tour America. Thank you all very much for joining us. Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland. Saturday morning at 11 on News Talk.